transition from one friend to another. I'm Morgan Spatola. And I am Thomas Jernigan. Morgan, we have a very special episode. A very special episode. Why is that? Uh, there's someone else here in the room with us today. Oh my god! There is! Where did you come from? Scare the hey. hell out of me. <laughs> oh my god. Who is this person? Hi, my name is Max Lefebvre. Uh, I'm the special guest today. Yay! Thank you both for having me so much. No yes, problem. Yes, of course. So... Max is the man. I've known him for about uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 good minutes. 15 good, solid moments. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. We've, we've, we've bonded and we share Carrot and Grow already. Good. Absolutely. Yes. I totally agree. So, Max, you do a uh, Let's Play video game channel. That's correct. Uh, tell us where we can find that and what it's called. Yeah, so I have a, a, a gaming channel on YouTube with my brother called Lefebvre and uh, if you just search that right on YouTube, you can find um, all of our Let's Plays and some of the little skits we do. We're mostly playing Oblivion right now, but we have a couple other um, video games that we've played together as well. Oh, do tell, because I, I thought it was just Oblivion. Oh yeah, so um, we had a, a little extra thing uh, going on for a while called Private Selection, which is where Emmett and I would choose a video game from our past. Mm. Uh, we've done Banjo-Kazooie, we've done Left oh, Dead. Oh, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo Kazooie, that's, yeah, that's okay. my childhood right there. <laughs> you grew up with an N64 in the oh, house? Oh, yeah, yes. you bet your ass I did. Oh my god. GoldenEye, man, Smash Bros, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Oh, 64. Nice. I know. I think they're coming out with like one of those like uh, condensed consoles like they did with the oh, NES and like the I think they just came out with the Super Nintendo yeah. thing where it's like a pre-packaged like gaming things but anyway I could go on another rant on uh, uh, N64 but yeah so you so there's other uh, other games that you specialize in yeah yeah there's other games that we played that was a, a separate thing we had going on for a while but now we're kind of back on the Oblivion track and we'll see where it goes from there we like to do all sorts of things and mix it up how cool. fun Very okay nice. so um, now the next obvious question is what kind of movies do you like ooh, ooh what kind of movies do I like <laughs> Okay, I do like a lot of movies. I probably haven't seen a lot of the... Um, when people ask me if I've seen such and such movie, usually I haven't. But I, so I promise. <laughs> I promise I do watch movies and I like them. I'm a huge... Um, two uh, filmmakers... Well, three filmmakers that I really like. The Coen Brothers and Stanley Kubrick are probably my Ooh, favorites. Wow. Okay. You know what? Okay, so I said about, what, two minutes ago that I like this guy, I like this guy even more. Yeah. Stanley no, Kubrick so and the Coen brothers. Ooh, I know, I, I believe you had uh, picked up on one of our episodes, so the Serious Man episode. And, yes. And I feel like that is a very kind of under-the-radar film, and not a lot of people know that. So for anybody who does know that, and or a fan of Coen brothers, is all right in my book. So that nice. Cool. nice. So well, you said three. Now the Stanley Kubrick, Coen brothers. Well, Coen brothers are two people. I guess that's two people. There you go. <laughs> okay, that works. That works. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, since we have a guest today, we're going to have a little bit of a different format. Typically, Thomas has a secret list, and he goes over the list with me. But it's today, secret. Thomas and I collaborated on a list, and we yeah. will go over it with you, Max. And then you will tell us whether or not you've seen the movies. Okay, I and guess. And if, if you haven't seen the movie, you have to tell us what you think it might be about based on the title. Oh, wonderful. Like, that's kind yes. of, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh -huh. Great. So, All right. First one on the list. Max, are you ready? I, I'm nervous. I feel like I'm, like, a game show host right now. It's like, are you ready to play? Whatever. Anyway, yeah, okay. I feel like I'm on the spot right now. There you go. <laughs> no. First one on the list. Rushmore. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Do you know of it? I know of it. Okay, what do you know about oh, it? Oh, good, because I've never I heard don't, of it. I don't know anything about it, except I think I've seen the cover of the VHS in the video store when I was little. <laughs> okay. So I forget. <laughs> right. If there's anything I knew about it, I forget. Okay, all right. So, Rushmore. It's one of uh, Wes Anderson's 
Uh, first film Wes Anderson did, um, Life Aquatic, was Steve Zissou. Sure. Did Moonrise Kingdom, familiar with the director. I've seen Moonrise um, Kingdom and Fabulous Mr. Fox. Yep, movie. yep, all yeah. those kind of, kind of quirky, you know, Grand Budapest Hotel um, kind of movies. Uh, first one, I think it was in like 99 or 98 that this came out. Um, Jason Schwartzman, I believe is his name. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, what it's about is this kind of oddball um, high schooler teenager uh, who goes to this very prestigious high school. Basically, he's terrible at his academics, but he's so great at these extracurriculum type, you know, uh, sure. type activities. And uh, anyway, he just has these massive friends and he gets on these weird projects and then he flunks out of school. He uh, he has a crush on one of the teachers there and then Bill Murray's oh, okay. in it. This was, this was like the first of many collaborations that Wes Anderson has with Bill Murray. Yeah. And he's kind of this millionaire centric kind of guy and um it's like this weird love triangle and they're like competing for this anyway it's just it's the weirdest movie but it's hilarious it's very heartwarming and heartfelt so, does it have anything to do with the mountain the mountain no the rushmore mountain because you rushmore. mean mount rushmore yeah rushmore mountain, <laughs> rushmore mountain. <laughs> you know rushmore, rushmore mountain hey, whichever one whichever one works but it has um, nothing to do it has with nothing to do with, with that i no. thought it was gonna be like a gritty no, like rushmore's the name of the school about i was thinking the mountain yeah i was thinking kind of <laughs> similar lines of what morgan was saying like when you first said it i thought it was going to be like a chevy chase style family trip <laughs> movie to mount National rushmore, right? or <laughs> no right. no yikes no no rushmore's the name of the school there okay all right Wait, can I do the next one? Yes. Okay, okay. so yours are the Yes, bottom. those are mine. Okay, so my movie is Goats. I haven't seen it. Have you heard of it? No, I've seen The Men Who Stare at Goats. Yes, it's, it's <laughs> not that George one. George related? <laughs> <laughs> not related. But I've not seen Just Goats. Just no. Goats. Just um, okay, goats. so it takes place, well, kind of, part of it takes place in Tucson, actually. T-Town. Um, really? He's from Tucson, so that's kind of, we're the fond of Tucson Pueblo. here. Um, and it is about a kid who's from Tucson, and his Ooh. mom is like a crazy hippie lady, as people from Tucson often are. Okay. Hey. And he, sure. what? <laughs> he, um... <laughs> He hangs out with this, the goat man, that's all he's called, is just goat man, okay. and he's just like this nomadic guy that lives in Tucson, like herds goats around. Is that David Duchovny? That's David okay. Duchovny. Oh, in the movie. Nice. Yeah, yeah, he has like this really big like Jesus beard, so it doesn't even yeah. look like him, it's really weird. Nice. Um, and then he gets shipped off to a private school on the East Coast, because that's where his uh, estranged father went uh, to school, who he's never met, and then basically it's just like coming of age story, like... Right. Tucson kid who just wants to get high with marijuana and he meets his estranged dad and uh, that's Who's that played by? I've never seen the I movie. No idea. No All idea. I know is David Duchovny's Okay. <laughs> I don't right. know the rest of the people. We don't know who, who directed it? Does no, it sound... that's, you're asking a lot of me it's, right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you have far. seen the movie, right? Oh, I've seen the movie, okay. though. Because <laughs> it sounds Andersonian. Like, it sounds like a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, yeah. The way you yeah, explained it. It was I like a super... A no, it's like a very indie... Next one on the list... My list, almost famous. I have seen that. Okay, Dude, yeah, I've seen it. I love that movie. It's um, good. Yes, yeah, I've seen almost famous, and uh, I have. I own the DVD, and I watched it a lot when I was oh. young. Yeah, when I was, um, you know, like the same age as the kid in the movie, really, right? 15, 16. Yeah, because it's you know, it's kind of when it came out too. Like you know, I thought yeah. we were relatively the same age, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I love that movie. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's another coming of age movie. Um, I forget the 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 name of that actor, the kid, but I think he was in Risk Cutters: A Love Story as well. I haven't seen no, it. he wasn't. Oh, no, I, I don't know what oh, the movie okay. is. So anyway, I think the, <laughs> Oh, interesting. Okay, so I have seen it. It's um, Kate Hudson and that kid who, mm -hmm. I, like I said, I think he's in Risk Cutters, Risk Cutters, a love story. Um, 
and he, do you want me to like explain? Yeah, 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 please do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you know, he, 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 he's trying to get into journalism, rock and roll journalism in like the 1970s. And he, he goes and he meets some old washed up journalist, has been journalist. Who's met Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman. Yeah. Great. One of the greatest, in my opinion, one of the greatest actors ever. Yeah. Um, who's, you know, who's very cynical. He's got a shirt that says Detroit sucks. And he's, <laughs> uh, he's on the phone talking to this kid, you know, telling him what he's got to expect and everything. And then he, uh, this kid, uh, follows, uh, a band called Stillwater. Yeah. And he follows them in their band and sort of like learns the, the ropes and everything. And at first he's very, he's very uptight and he's taking notes, uh, like handwritten notes about the music. And uh-huh. then, and then one of the, the, the groupies takes, you know, takes the pen and paper away from him. You know, just listen to it, man. Just feel it. Yeah. And he sort of gets sucked into this like hedonistic, uh, rock and roll lifestyle. Cool. And it becomes self-destructive for everyone. Uh-huh. You know, there's, there, there's groupies and there's cheating and there's quaaludes and there's all sorts of problems and it's very, wow. you know, and, and it ends with him like going back home and he's kind of established himself as a journalist and he just doesn't want, like, if I remember correctly, he's kind of, he's kind of disenchanted, disenchanted yeah. with that lifestyle. Yeah. 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 Huh. That's so bizarre. That was about a thousand times better than what I could ever have <laughs> As you were, as you were describing, I was like, that did happen in the movie. That is what it was about. <laughs> yeah, Next right. movie. Next movie. Go for oh, it. Wow, yeah. uh, <laughs> Jesus more. Henry Christ. Jesus Henry Christ. Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of it. It literally made, I looked it up earlier, $20,000 in the box office. No it way. It's a small movie. I've never heard of this movie either. Yeah. Um, well, how much did it cost it to make? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> really good, though. So it's basically about this kid. Um, he's like 10, 11 years old. He's a fucking, he's a boy genius, like totally precocious genius, has okay. like a photographic memory, whatever. And um, he was. Um, the way that they put it in the movie is like he was born in a petri dish, like he, you know, like test tube baby, yeah. like because his mom didn't like right. just wanted to have a baby and went and got a sperm donor, basically is what sure. happened. So, and there's like this really nice part where the the grandfather actually helped fund that whole sitch, yeah. and so then he like tells the the grandson like you're the best ten thousand dollars I ever spent. <laughs> anyway, um, Thanks, so grandpa, love you yeah, too. Yeah, so this really <laughs> he's like incredibly smart, really really smart kid, and then he's like, well, I don't have a dad, and I want to know like who my dad is, and so he goes on this journey to like track down who the sperm donor was. This is reminded me of another movie. The huh. Kids Are Alright. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. but it's, it okay, doesn't end like that because that oh, movie's okay. kind of sad. Yeah, um, and so he goes and tracks down his dad who ends up being this um, also genius uh, like psychologist. Yeah. And he finds out he has a sister and then it's so basically it's just about like learning more about his father and then like and then like like the mother reconciling with that situation because obviously she didn't want there to be a dad in the picture. And then also, um, you know, the, the young boy kind of learning about like his half sister, um, who was a, basically a psychology experiment growing up. And so she hates her dad, but Jeez, he likes wow. his dad. Yeah. So it's like really like character elements. Yeah. Like it's like flying huge, back and forth. Huge characters. Um, and it's, it's, it ends up being really heartwarming. Not, not like the kids are all right, which is a sad, yeah, sad, was, shitty movie. Sad. Is there anybody in this movie that we would recognize? Yeah, or any actors notable? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think the dad is somebody that people know, though. Okay. You guys are asking the wrong person the wrong <laughs> question. You've seen these movies. No, I can tell you like about the movie. Okay, but I'm not gonna tell you who's in it. Like, there's so a when guy, did it come out? It was this like a, a 1990s movie. No, early it was 2000s? like uh, like 2010s. Okay. Okay. So and it between takes 2010 place... and now is when it came out, but okay. I saw it in like okay. 2012, I think. So. And it takes place in like contemporary. Yeah, times. like now the, the now times. Hang on, yes. now times. <laughs> Where what's the derivative of the title or whatever? Where is that coming from? Um. So the boy's name is Henry. Okay. And um, they they basically just make this joke of like no one knows what the H stands for in Jesus H Christ, okay. and so he yeah, says yeah. it's it's Henry. Like there's so oh. there's like this whole thing about it. Like and okay. I guess when he was born. 
um, the mom was like screaming, Jesus H. Christ, like oh. during labor. And then oh. they were like, what does H oh, stand for? And so, Henry. yeah, so his name's Henry. That's <laughs> what it. should we name him? Henry. Yeah, so okay. that's it. That's All what right. it is. All yep. Right. All right, we got one more each, and then we're done. We got okay. six on the list here. So my last one, in honor of the movie that I saw Friday, opening night, which mm. was amazing. You will see this movie at the Oscars. Uh, Denise Villavu, hopefully I'm not butchering that name, director, uh, did Prisoners, did Arrival, did Sicario, directed what could have been easily a terrible, terrible movie, a sequel to Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049, amazing movie, oh my god, gave me chills. Um, so, in I've honor of really that, things. yeah, Sorry, no, it's, it's yeah. great. No, 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 please. Um, so, in honor of that, I'm putting the original down. Yes. Blade Runner. Yeah. I've seen, I've You've seen, seen Blade Runner. Runner. Nice. I watched Good. it the night before, the night before graduating college. I, oh. I remember because it was, you know, a very lucid time. And, um, uh, yeah, I've seen it. Harrison Ford, it's very slow moving. It is. It's very mature, like not in like an explicit way, but it's very like you have to, you have to sit and think, and you have to like think about it afterward a lot. Yeah. Huh. Um, I've only seen it once, and I feel like I should seen it, see it at least one more time had, in I, order to fully appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I had to see it like five, six times to really be like, okay, all right, that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is it's a very, you know, kind of 80s sci-fi, and it's, it's you know, with the music that they have in the background, just like the costume and everything, and it's very... Exactly, and it's very, you know, kind of bleak and, um, you know, kind of dark, you know, and it's... Uh, and it's so funny that that first one, I think it takes place in 2021 or something like that. It's just bizarre. That's very you know, they got flying cars and everything like that. But yeah, yeah. it's it's and and even the end, it's 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 kind of you don't really know. It's open for interpretation. You know, it was she. Uh, you know, what I, I won't go into it. But um, but yeah, it was it was a good one. It was um, cool. and a very classic one. So all right, we'll end it on uh, your last. My one. My last movie is Blue is the warmest color. No. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Okay, no. <laughs> perfect. Right. Uh, this is my token lesbian movie for the list. Yes, um, oh, I've heard of this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I said yeah, yeah, yeah. lesbian, yeah. So, yeah, so it's a it's your typical uh, straight teenager coming of age story, finding out that she's actually a lesbian. Um, she falls in love with this mysterious blue haired girl. Um, I think the whole thing is in French, also, it which is pretty cool. It takes place in France. It does take place in France, and um, she falls in love with this mysterious blue haired girl, and is like, oh my god, I'm gay what's that mean and then it basically just kind of details their relationship and she um it's based on a comic book oh interesting which is bizarre um, which, I have no idea yeah and the comic book is actually like super sad because she ends up committing suicide in the oh, comic God. book oh, um, wow. and you find out that actually the whole story was a a letter from the blue haired girl Emma to the girl that committed uh, suicide no, but no. it's not like that in the movie they changed that um, for the movie they had to make it more palatable yeah, yeah yeah they changed that for the movie so um but yeah so it's basically just detailing that and she doesn't you know doesn't want to come out to her parents but they know that she's living with this girl and yeah. you know all that that not, not the blue hair girl one the, the other one yes okay, uh right. i think her name's like adele or something adele, so adele okay. doesn't want to come out to her parents and isn't they she know like that 15 and the blue Emma. hair girl is like but 25 it spans like their whole life though okay. almost so okay. she does like grow up at some point okay it's like 18 living with her so oh, okay. um but yeah so it's you know your typical gay coming of age story yeah. and um i think it, it did make a big splash because there are some explicit sex scenes yay it, which woohoo lesbians that's the only part so, i've seen i've heard that it was a good movie though it's yeah it was yeah. good it was very good so yeah all right so now comes the point where you choose what we're gonna watch um so the movies again were rushmore which you haven't seen correct Almost Famous, which you have seen, so mm -hmm. we're taking that one out. Okay. Blade Runner, which you have, which seen. You have seen, so uh, we're taking that one out. <laughs> and then Goats, uh, Jesus, Henry Christ, and Blue is the Warmest Color. Ooh. 
I feel like it's got to be, right now I'm thinking Goats or Rushmore. Oh. Um, let, let's go with Rushmore. I feel like that's yes. one I should see. Okay. Yes, it's yeah. a cool. good one. It's funny. Good, because so. I haven't seen that one. Yes. Or Woo. heard of it or anything. All right. Yeah, Rushmore. all right. That's so what we're going to do. watch Rushmore, and we'll get back with you. All right. Let's Woo. go watch. These are the names that define our world. The artists who shaped our minds, the rebels who challenged our views. But of all these legends, there is one that stands above all others. I'm sorry, did someone say my name? <laughs> What's the secret, Max? The secret? I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. For me, it's going to Rushmore. Sharp little guy. He's one of the worst students we've got. We're putting you on what we call sudden death academic probation. Could I see some documentation on that, please? Did you invite that kid to your party? Max Fisher. Come on, Dad, there's gonna be girls there. I'd rather die. Pull your head out of your... Maybe I'm spending too much of my time starting up clubs and putting on plays. It's time, homie. Kiss me, little one. I should probably be trying harder to score chicks. I like your hat. You're a teacher here, aren't you? Oh, I'm so glad you could come. I want you to meet a friend of mine, Peter Flynn, Max Fisher. Hi. Who's this guy? Has it ever crossed your mind that you're far too young for me? I like your nurse's uniform, guy. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? I don't know what you see in her. I, I don't think she's right for you. What's that supposed to be? Hello, Herman. How are you, Rosemary? I know about you and the teacher. Does Max know? She's about five foot three, 112 pounds, glasses. You know, you and Herman deserve each other. You're both little children. War does funny things to men. Well, you'll find a pair of safety glasses and some earplugs underneath your seats. Please feel free to use them. What do you think of Max's latest opus? It's good, but let's hope it's got a happy ending. Rushmore. Thank you very much. just finished watching Rushmore. Which was a very happy, heartwarming movie that <laughs> I hadn't seen in a while. And now I'm regret... I, because I had to rent it and I didn't buy it. Oh. And I kind of want to buy it now. Oh. oh. And I want to buy the soundtrack. The but that soundtrack was, was amazing. It was a good soundtrack. So that was my first time watching it and that was Max's first time watching it. It was. Yeah, so please, guys, yeah. open up the dialogue. I want to... I, I don't know, know if I would call it... Morgan? I don't know if I would call it heartwarming. <gasps> Why not? I mean, maybe towards the end, but yeah. it was really just about like a shithead 15 year old <laughs> kid who wouldn't take no for an answer really he was right. like kind of annoying as fuck but, but he had ambition he had drive yeah and which reminds me of myself in a lot of ways <laughs> jack of yeah. all trades master of none you know that. that kind of thing uh -huh. so that's like what that movie was in a nutshell max do you want to summarize it for us um so it's basically a movie about uh like like morgan said this 15 year old kid who's kind of um trying to, to reach beyond the extent of his grasp. He's like trying to be a little adult yeah. and, and date this, this cute teacher at his, his prep school called Rushmore. And uh, he, he gets in a, a lot of trouble. He's a very manipulative guy. 
um, faking. At one point, he, he fakes being in a car accident yeah. just yeah. so he can get into this teacher's room and talk to her and bring her close. And he's uh, there's a lot of bad people in the movie. A lot of <laughs> yeah. the characters are bad people. Yeah. Uh, and so you can't really feel too, too bad for them. Uh, but it's interesting to watch how things play out. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, and I was thinking, it was kind of it's like, okay, so the first thing that popped in my head, because it's Wes Anderson, like, yes. and his films are so distinct. Like, so you're like, okay, yes, this is a Wes Anderson yeah. film. Yeah. His movies are always, like, really timeless. Like, like it, and I That's, think I heard you guys mm-hmm. saying that, like, it yep. ages well. Like, yeah. and, and I, like, it could have taken place at any era mm-hmm. um, because of the way that he shoots his movies. The only reason that we knew that it was in the, the 90s was because at the one point, um, Dirk, the young boy who he's friends with, gives him that pocket knife that says, right. you know, yeah, student, the class of yeah, uh, 19, or until 1997, 1997 or something. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I was surprised to see that because I feel like usually his movies aren't dated at, at all. No, like, you're just no, kind of like, where, and where and it, it, it is place. odd that you mentioned that because even like with the costume design, they wear certain clothes and even like their appearance is kind of muddled. You don't know if it's, I mean, it has, you know, like 70s vibes and 60s vibes and like, you know, contemporary uh, vibes. So yeah, it really is kind of timeless in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and then just the way that he shoots it, I mean, how would you guys say that i mean they obviously break the fourth wall with all these you know characters and actors just like looking at the screen and i feel like that happens a lot there's a lot of narration that happens in wes anderson films but i mean like what how, how else would you describe put words behind wes anderson's style because this was one of his first you know major films when did it come out 1999 I oh okay um and i think before that was like bottle rocket and then he really didn't do much i think he went to uh, university of austin too i don't know why i'm saying that but anyway um so i mean how would you put words behind his style what would you max i'll give that to you um well there's a one thing that's very typically wes anderson is that there's a lot of deliberately flat dialogue i know mm-hmm. i don't mean the content of the dialogue i mean the line delivery uh-huh. so um you know uh, moonrise kingdom is a great example of this right there's you know these kids are kind of talking like robots and it's all yeah it's supposed to, it's like um to me it gives me kind of a dollhouse effect there's a couple times when i can think of in moonrise kingdom he's got a very flat shot pans across the side of like a cross section of a house there's mm-hmm. another shot like that in this film rushmore when uh the the protagonist max fisher is sitting down with his teacher uh, that he's trying to date, and they're in a little playhouse. No, um, wow. so yeah, right. and yeah, and and there's you know these kids in the house, and they, right. you know, there's this back and forth, and it it gives me a kind of a dollhouse. Yeah, like, yeah, which it, kind of further um, gives him that like fantastical element that his films have by like yeah. by really removing it and making it like we're we're playing right now. We're right. in a play space. Yeah, this is all fantasy, it. like a playhouse, a dollhouse. I really like that. And That's I wish cool. I knew the the literary element or uh, term or what have you for that that you know there was actually that dollhouse and very you know various scenes in various movies that he has you know it's almost like you do kind of have like a half of a set and they kind of like pan up and they see like these little sections of um, you know, like uh, Life Aquatic was a great example of that uh, with Steve Zissou, uh, Budapest Hotel. Uh, yeah. I think even Royal Tenenbaums, uh, they did that as well, where they would just, it would just, it would crane up and see different rooms like a dollhouse yeah. And, yeah. and see that character doing that thing and that character doing so, it and going, you know, so it's... Interesting motif that yeah. he, he has that kind of goes through yeah. everything. And a lot of track shots too. It just has, yeah. you know, just like going through it and seeing the entirety of it. It's almost very, almost like kind of guerrilla sh- student film type. Um, that he like polishes and makes it, mm-hmm. you know, his own. So yeah. I think it's, it's, it's very sure. interesting. Um, so I, uh, we kind of watched the evolution of the character, um, of Max Fisher, like being this 
seemingly good good kid except for like not and yeah. then he goes to like smoking and drinking and stuff right, um, right so it was like kind of coming of age but i don't like i guess um i don't know i guess my 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 thought there is just um i don't know i just appreciated how the evolution mm -hmm. like took place because it was it was incredibly subtle so like and he still like <clears throat> even after he got kicked out of the prep school he still was wearing his rushmore outfit for like exactly. the longest time oh and, God, and not until like the very end scene he switched his little uniform up so um i don't know if you guys have any takeaways from that at all <laughs> well i mean yeah i mean it, it seemed like he was clinging to something that was good in his life and you saw that with the love interest you know he wouldn't do anything to keep it you know even as bill murray and and max fisher um said what was bill murray's herman something like that melvin herman or, yeah, Herm. melvin herman Herman, or something bloom bloom, bloom, bloom yeah bloom. um you know they were like oh she's my rushmore she's my rushmore um and you see max you know clinging to that clinging to rushmore clinging to the love interest um you mm -hmm. know kind of hanging on to the one good thing that he has because he doesn't have much going for him you, you see him you know in his house kind of a rundown house you know father's a barber yeah doesn't have much uh going from there and then as as far as um the aspect of the evolution of him like drinking and smoking and everything like that it almost kind of uh, embodies the whole like you know once you kind of get into the realm of like relationships or like falling in love and the, you know the kind of stress that it you know it, that that comes with it you know you almost kind of have this weird um I guess, uh, turn in your life or whatever, where you, you like, know, struggle, like, and then you, you fall into, I don't even like the concept of being lovesick. Like yeah. he makes you do crazy things yeah. or something. And so he thinks he, I mean, he, he probably was in love. Like he probably was, it, it probably wouldn't be fair to and, say he thinks he is because he was, and he was doing these things for the sake of quote unquote love. Very you desperate, know? very committed. Yeah. And, yeah. There, and there's something to be said because I mean, is he like deliberately, I feel like this is a whole other discussion that we can dive into because he kind of mirrors um, Bloom. He kind of yeah. kind of mirrors Bill Murray um, and takes on his habits. You know, why is that? Is it because he's trying to be a little bit more like him because of the teacher, you know, having more of a crush on him, you know, or is it just him impersonating or not impersonating, but imprinting himself, you know, at the very beginning in the dinner scene, you know, he, he's the one that orders the whiskey for him. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, where, where does that relationship, how, how does it imprint each other? I don't know. He tries to take, there's another scene where he, um, he tries, he seems to try to take on the identities of older people around him because he took his, he dressed exactly like his barber father. Right. Yeah. So I think he's like, um, like how he tries to act like an adult. He doesn't know yeah. how to become an adult. Maybe. Yeah. And he's and trying he these know, different, these different identities and different costumes on yeah, it, exactly. more or less. Yeah. He's um, trying on costumes because he doesn't yeah. know who he He's supposed to be his own person. He yeah. Can't, he can't come to And with there's that. something to piggyback off of that. I mean, he, you know, doesn't know who he is. And that's maybe why he has all these clubs and, you know, wants to, you know, he's, he's very he's spread pretty thin. And he doesn't have this one, you know, thing that identifies him as a person. You know, right. he's, he's a beekeeper club and then the kite club and then the, um, you know, whatever, They're all you sort know, of like fencing Latin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just like it's, it's all sprawling and you don't really know who he is. And maybe, you know, maybe he's drawn to Rushmore because it's this one center and drawn to this girl, this one center that can kind of give him an identity or something. I kind of, I really appreciated that. I think that it showed like in the beginning, like all these shots of like everything that he was involved with mm -hmm. because like, like it even had like this one thing was like 4.5 hours towards blah, blah, blah. Like mm -hmm. yeah. whatever with the flight school or whatever. Like mm -hmm. he wasn't actually like super involved, but like this is a thing that I did, yeah, you know, right. like, and here it is. And like, I, I can really relate to that because, like, I, I, it really captured the essence of, like, 
finding a new idea and getting really excited about it and completely investing your entire self in that. I don't know if you, you two have ever done oh, that, no, but yes. like, that's yeah. like me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to be the best at the thing and I'm going to do everything about the thing. And then sure. like a month later, I'm like done. I'm exactly. like, no, yeah, yeah, that was fun, but I'm, I'm but, over now, you know? Like, so I, I totally get that. Like just being so like entranced with all these different things and like, what's going to be my thing? Like, what am yeah. I going to do? Like, I just want to do all of them. I want to yeah. do all the things. Yeah. So, um, I think that they really captured that well. And, and like whenever he would get a new idea, whoever one of his cronies was, he'd be like, okay, <laughs> write this dictation. down. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. and he'd be like giving notes. Like that's totally like how my brain feels like oh. when I'm, whenever I have like a new idea that I need to go dive into. So oh, yeah. I really appreciated that for okay. sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree that, um, they really captured that well. Uh, so what else about the movie? I mean, did we did we like it, you know, in general? Um, I think I, I did like it. Okay. I think um, I don't I don't like any of the characters. Okay. Um, the only one who wasn't like a complete horrible, like irredeemably horrible person is maybe the teacher. Yeah, right. Um, she was still like she, she initiated like an affair yeah, with Mary Man though, and yeah. then like also maybe allowed those boundaries to be pushed with All right, Max. Margaret right. Yang was good. Yeah, Margaret she was, Yang Margaret was good. Yang. And the but dad, she faked her test dad results. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's just like a <laughs> good movie. Dad. It's a good movie know, about right? terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> like, Only the dad who was the barber. Exactly. Uh, Man, that, Shit. Yeah, yeah they're the... all terrible people, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. They're all pretty bad people. Yeah. That's true. Wait, okay, but there's uh, there's something I wanted to mention in this one, which was the continuity errors that we yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we noticed a mentioned. few. So Just yours two. yours was a very, like, very, I didn't, it's, I'm surprised you caught that. But... Well, yeah, I didn't notice a continuity error, but I noticed that <laughs> it was like a hair on the bottom yeah. of the film. Yeah, not the... necessarily continuity, but, but yeah. But it was against this, yeah, it was that scene I had mentioned when, the when they were in the doll, it looked like a dollhouse, yeah the dollhouse scene and there was like it was painted yellow and on the very bottom of the frame um there was just like a little hair attached to the to, to the camera to the film yeah. and, and you could moving around it yeah, so yeah. yeah. it was very distracting yeah, yeah it was yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so bizarre. Bizarre. you guys noticed it no, yeah. 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 I, but but it, you could tell it was like in the in the foreground like right on the camera just like wiggling in this weird like fast motion you know that was just attached yeah and and i mean i again like you know people in the editing booth they probably didn't catch it you know yeah. I mean, because so I, I didn't in the big tv that i had you know there so um and then you notice what the badge is yeah the he badges. pointed at the wrong one yeah so like there's a close-up of punctuality and perfect attendance and then when it comes back to you know medium shot of them just talking he points and it's like flipped around or whatever which anyway. makes me wonder because you said this was one of wes anderson's like earlier films like yeah. do you think that anyone would ever get away with that in one of his films now you or do you think that that's I'm just because sure. it was like an early one it's a good question or like because on the one hand like like, I feel like directors and, and editors and stuff kind of, like, like cherish those things, like mm -hmm. those continuity errors. Yeah. Like, oh, look, here's a little thing if you notice it. Like, isn't that right. funny that yeah, we yeah, left that right. in there? It's but but, but Wes right. Anderson is always so polished, you know, yeah. and he has, like, this, like, this vision know. and, yeah, this deliberateness. So I kind of almost wonder, like, was that a mistake? Was it left on purpose? Would that ever happen now? Like, yeah. I'm just, I, I don't know. I now could... I want to watch more Wes Anderson. <laughs> exactly, yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I, I could, and it's so funny. I mean, I'll, I'll make a point that I'll go into another one that reminded me of it. Um, of what you just said, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I could see how they, they filmed it 
you know, and then maybe at a later time, it was like a B-roll type, you know, shot where they did a close-up of the pins. Yeah. But, but the film had already, you know, maybe the assistant director was in charge of the little, you know, zoom-ups yeah. or whatever. Um, and the film just kind of, you know, the scene played out as Max pointed at that and then they just yeah. switched it up. But, yeah. But going on to, like, what you see, you know, the uh, deliberate, you know, and kind of tying in of Wes Anderson films, how much they referenced um, material from... Uh, Steve Zissou. And I know, I know that was made after Rushmore, uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, but oh, like yeah. the book and then the aquarium and, yeah, and the, the Jacques Gusto or whatever. Because part of it was like he really wanted to build this aquarium for the teacher for right. some strange reason. He had this idea and he was reading all these Jacques Gusto books. Yeah. Um, Which is like almost um, based entirely of, of uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Yeah. It was like kind of the interesting. Uh, um, motivation behind the character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love when, when movies do that. I feel like I I feel like uh, Quentin Tarantino does that, you know, all the time. He always kind of, like, references past movies that like he's done. Like creating a universe. Exactly. Like, like your, your yeah. material or something. Yeah, and I, it's just, it's so, I don't know if the Coen brothers have done that um, at all, but... Um, I can't think of a time they did. Yeah, but I do, I do like it when, I think even uh, Kubrick has done that. Uh, Clockwork Orange, I don't know if you noticed, um, when Alex is, like, searching through... Um, the records, um, the first record that he goes through is the soundtrack for 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, I remember <laughs> and, I, and I love that scene. Cool. I was like, yes. Um, and I think I think uh, in Full Metal Jacket, you see something um, that has another movie in it. But anyway, I just, I love it when directors do that shit because <laughs> awesome. it's just, yeah. Well, now I think we're at the part where we rate the movie. We rank and rate and all that fun stuff, but it has a motif. Yeah, so as you're probably familiar, we mm-hmm. usually just come up with some kind of rating system that has to do with the movie itself, not a, a real rating <laughs> yeah. system. So I don't know if you have any suggestions of what oh. we should rate it based on. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like, I, I'm not... Well, like, it takes me a second. How many matching ties and shirts? Yeah, I don't know. Right? <laughs> we didn't even get many, into that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many. Uh, what was the what was the clubs that he wasn't there like a specific name for the clubs that he had? Like was it? I don't know. It's just clubs. Five out of five punctuality badges. There you there, go. Yeah, we there can we do go. punctuality that, that badges. Yeah. All right. Do you want to do five or ten? Because <laughs> five is so limiting. All right. Let's do ten. ten. All right. All right. Well, you guys go go first since you, you haven't seen the movie. Do you want to go first, Max, or do you want me to go first? Oh, uh, you go first. Okay. okay. Wait. Were we doing five out of five or ten out of ten? You choose. Oh, shit. Set the stage. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> okay. Well, I think for me, I'm going to do out of 10. So okay. I am going to give it 8.2 out of 10 Whoa. punctuality badges. That's a good score. I liked it, but I also um, get annoyed at... Um, I don't know, like just bratty characters in general. And he was a fucking brat the whole time. Yeah, so yeah. maybe that was like, it made it a little bit hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, 8 out of 2. Okay. Or 8.2. 8.2. 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8 out of 2. 8 out of 2. Yeah. All right. All right. Sweet. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to give it somewhere between 7.5 and 8 punctuality badges. Okay. okay. Somewhere in that, in that range. Uh, I did like it. I was also annoyed by the bratty characters, but I kept watching for them anyway. Yeah. And uh, I liked, um, I don't know, I liked a lot of the way the scenes were set up and shot. I liked cinematography a lot. For sure. So, uh, and the soundtrack, of course, another typically Uh. Wes Anderson thing. Um, it, it, it was centered around this very, you know, like catchy indie soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. It was good. It was fun. It, it was appropriate for the movie. Yeah, so, yeah. For sure. Seven and a half to eight. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Okay. My rating. Wow. So, you know, it's funny when you see movies, uh, when you see them 
and the uh, impression that they have on you. So this was one of my first Wes Anderson films. And I saw this when I was like 13, 14 years old. Oh, wow. And I was in theater. And, you know, I, you know, I had a, a group of friends that didn't, I wasn't necessarily like, you know, part of the jocks or part of the theater kids or part of the, uh, you know, hipsters or whatever the hell you want to call it. You know, I had, you know, friends all over and I feel like, you know, I kind of identified with Max. So, um, it was, it, it, it had an impact on me. So I would say that this is one of my top Wes Anderson films. Ooh. And as of now, I'd probably give it maybe an 8.8 .8 punctuality right. points out of, out of 10. Yeah. So, um, right. I think top three Wes Anderson films right there. Okay. Well, there you have it. Um, yeah. awesome. Well, that, I think is going to do it for us. Um, Max, tell us again where we can find you and everything that you do. Yeah, so you can find me at um, you can find me at youtube.com. You just search Lafave Bros. You can find my YouTube channel there. How do you spell that? Uh, L A F A V E space B R O S. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. 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 All right. Well, thank that's you for having me. Yeah, that's absolutely. A lot of fun. Thank you for coming. Yeah, yeah. you that's are great. the man. I am sure. digging this. Well, um, yeah, that's going to do it for us. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Academy Outcasts. Um, find us on Facebook. Like us. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on YouTube now. We're on, We're YouTube, on iTunes, Stitcher. Stitcher. We got on Stitcher. That's right. So for yeah. all you Android users, I think mm -hmm. I said that last episode. Um, so wherever you want, uh, share about the show. If you if you at us on Twitter, you might just get mentioned. Uh, yeah. Don't have any mentions this week. We'll give you a shout so out. Y'all yeah. need to step up your game. Exactly. Anyway, uh, until next time, I'm Morgan Spatola. I am Thomas Jernigan. I am Max Lafave. And that's a wrap. Woo.